Welcome to our North Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you. For further information about our church, please visit churchnorth.com or check out our social media at Church North. Today's speaker is Pastor Dave Niblock. Matthew chapter 4, we're continuing our gospel series. Matthew chapter 4. This gospel series, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we've been going on it for a number of weeks now, six to seven weeks, and we are going to keep going um, for however many weeks we need to go on this. But today I want to share a word which is really going to help shape, I think, some of the future aspects of our church. And so I know it's, I think it's going to be an important word to bring. It says, um, Jesus, when he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, who was actually called Peter, I don't know why they write that. I don't know why I just don't write Peter, but there was obviously a, a name change that went on. And Andrew, his brother, and they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you, this is a key verse, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he also called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I love this passage of Scripture, and that's what I want to share with you guys today. Some of us in the room love to lead, but hate to follow. Other of us in the room love to follow and hate to lead. Put your hand up if you prefer to lead than follow. Put your hand up if you prefer to follow than lead. 50-50 split. It is the nature of humanity. All of us are very different. All of us have different personality types and different leanings. I struggle following a car. If Abs is going somewhere and she's like, oh, just follow me, I have alarm bells. (laughs) I don't like following other vehicles because what happens is they go through the lights just as they're changing from green to, you know, amber. And I then have a decision to make. (laughs) Do I go? Should I stay or should I go? And sometimes they go and then you're lost and it's just a bit of a nightmare. Thank God for maps. We don't need to do the same form of following that we're used to. Because the reality is the reason you are following them, the reason you are following that vehicle is because you don't know where you're going. And because you don't know where you're going, you need a reference point. And so you need to follow the car that is in front of you because that car that is in front of you is going to take you to where you need to go to. If you don't follow them, you're not going to get to the destination. It is why leadership and followership is so important. And in fact, the Christian life is a life of leadership and it is a life of followership. We don't just all lead and we don't just all follow. Sometimes I'm leading and sometimes I'm following. Sometimes I'm following you, and sometimes I'm leading you. And it is this beautiful mixture of leadership and followership. And Jesus chooses these 12 men. 
Yes, they were all men. <laughs> he chooses his 12 disciples and he takes them on this three-year journey. But where we've just read is the beginning of this journey, right at the start where Jesus is out watching and he sees these guys in the boat. Now, sometimes you could go, Jesus just kind of did a lucky dip and went, come and follow me. I don't believe Jesus was that necessarily that, um, uh, I don't think he did it like that. I believe Jesus observed I believe Jesus would have looked and he would have watched and he would have identified Peter first in the boat in the morning. Peter last out of the boat at night. Something about this guy. There is something about these guys that is different to the guys in the other boat and all the other 30, 40 fishing boats that are around because Jesus could have chosen any of them, but yet he has his eyes on a certain bunch of guys. And he says, if you choose, because he didn't make them, He said, come, he invited them. But he says, if you choose to follow me, notice what it says. He says, I will make you into fishers of men. I love that verse. I just love the wording of it. If you choose to follow me, then I will make you. Other virgin says, send you. But I will do something in you which is going to cause you to do something you never thought was possible. The fellowship of Christ led to the making of the disciples. Many of us in the room want to be made, but aren't prepared to follow. We want the job without the qualification. We want the opportunity without putting in the hard work. We want the title without having to do the years of preparation that give us the title. Just make me a doctor. No, if you want to be a doctor, it's going to take you 46 years of training. And there are reasons why we have training. There are reasons why you need to go to school. There are reasons why we have promotions and job development. It is because as I follow the teacher, as I follow the doctor, as I follow the boss, as I follow the supervisor, my fellowship of them is going to make me into something. But many of us now just want to be made without having to follow. It's a lot easier, which is why a lot of people just want to be Social influencers. <laughs> because I can earn more money posting on Instagram than I have to follow you, this dreaded boss. <laughs> but the reality is, the following is the making. <laughs> the reason children are made and the reason children grow up is because they follow or should follow <laughs> their parents' instructions. What does the Bible say? Train a child in the way they should go so that they might not depart from it. And so we are now training our children in certain ways. They are following our example. They are following our instruction because we are trying to make them, yeah, unashamedly, (laughs) we are trying to make them into all that they can be. And that responsibility lies with Primarily with us as parents. And Jesus here is saying right here, guys, if you come with me, you will change. 
Because the making of you and the making of all of us is ultimately found in the fellowship of Christ. The making of all of us is ultimately found in the fellowship of Christ. Sure, I can read a book and I can read books after books after books after books. (laughs) And there's a phrase, I saw someone post it this week. It's a common phrase, leaders are readers. And it's kind of just, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a reader, therefore I'm a leader. I don't buy into that necessarily. It, it depends what you're reading. <laughs> and I know plenty of leaders who have read a lot who are terrible leaders. <laughs> and some people who don't read a lot who are great leaders. So I don't buy into that. Who you are following really is making you into something. But ultimately, for all of us in, room, in the room, you can follow Tony Robbins or you can follow you know Jordan Peterson or you can follow some of these great intellects or motivators or philosophers of the time and sure they might impact and affect your what mindset and your ways of thinking but if you want to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ you have to firstly follow Jesus Christ the making of us is found in the fellowship of Christ. And you cannot be made without following the maker. (laughs) You cannot make a cake without following the instructions on how to make the cake. And who or what you are following is making or shaping you into something. Say that again. Who or what you are following is making or shaping you into something. It's funny, in my son's school, Sonny, who's six, he's in year one. I drop him off in the class. Nearly every boy has long swept back hair with a headband (laughs) because they are all following Jack Grealish (laughs) who plays for Man City in England and they like Jack Grealish and they like Jack Grealish and what he stands for. And so every kid, it's like, Hair, 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 hair. It's all the same. (laughs) Because who or what you are following is making you into something. It's funny how sometimes I'll hear my kids say something. And I'm like, where have you heard that from? You've not heard that from me. (laughs) It's probably YouTube. (laughs) It's probably something they've heard or seen. And I'm not saying here we need to bury our heads in the sand. There will always be influences from the left and the right. Of course, there will always be nothing you can do about that. But what I'm trying to say is that's why it's so important to have Christ at the cornerstone. Because Jack Grealish won't make you into anything. He might develop your skills and he might develop your hairline, but he's not going to make you into a disciple of Jesus Christ. He is who we follow. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise and guess what? Become wise. This ain't rocket science. But it also says a companion of fools suffers harm. Let's make this really simple. If I walk with wise people, they are, as I follow them, they're going to make me wise. If I follow fools, guess what? They're going to make me into a fool. How many of you want to be wise? How many of you want to be a fool? (laughs) Look at who you are following. And this might sound like a youth ministry message, kids church message, (laughs) but this is an adult message. All of us are being led 
influenced and all of us are following something and someone. And some of us lack wisdom for the simple reason you are following fools. You got to walk with the wise because you are becoming a product of what you are following. Sounds simple, but it is so true. You become what you follow. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he says, what he say? Follow me as I follow Christ. He's saying to the church in Corinth, like, I know you might find it difficult to, to, to put flesh on Jesus because he has ascended into heaven and we're telling you the gospel, we're telling you the salvation message, so we're going to guide you through this and Sometimes the best way for you to do that is to follow me as I follow Christ. Really, it is the role of pastors and shepherds and leaders. And that is why some people in church these days don't want to belong to certain churches because they don't no longer want to follow some pastors or shepherds and leaders. And I understand why, because some pastors, shepherds and leaders in the past haven't always led in this way the Bible says they should have led. So I understand why sometimes you get to a point where you go, hold on, just going to pause a sec, I'm going to step back because I don't want to follow you because I'm following you, you're making me into something I don't want to be. And that is ultimately why people change churches and remove themselves and I, I get all of that. Paul, Paul the Apostle is saying, I might not be perfect, I've got whole heaps of things in my life, thorns in my flesh and stuff like that, but by the grace of God he's called me to this. But if you can follow me, my desire, my hope is that I will lead you closer to Christ. And if you are following a leader that is leading you away from Christ, you need to stop following that leader. If you are following a friend that is leading you away from Christ, you need to step away from that friend. Because you need to follow people that are following Christ. (laughs) So simple, but it's so true. Because as I follow you, you are leading me somewhere Follow Christ. (laughs) When you're young, sometimes say, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? You know, what do you want to be when you're older? And some, when I was a kid, it was like, when people asked me, I want to be a fireman. Or I want to be an astronaut. I want to be an ice cream man. (laughs) I've done that one. Tick. That was my first ever job, driving an ice cream van. But I got sacked. Well, I didn't get sacked. We, I, um, (laughs) we mutually, um, departed. I'll tell you why. I used to go to the poor communities of Leicester where I lived and give out free ice cream. <laughs> they told me to go to the poor communities because that's where a lot of people would buy ice creams. And so I went to those communities and then the kids would have no, they'd have like a penny. And I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. And then <laughs> word caught on that if you want one penny ice cream, you come to me and I'd return and all the cream was gone from the fridges in the ice cream van and here's six pound twelve. They're like, oh, this doesn't add up. <laughs> but what do you want to be when you're older would be the job. And if you ask some, if you ask young people now, like, what do you want to be? And you ask a kid now, they might say, I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> I want to be an Instagram influencer. I want to be a lifelong student. Yeah, we've got some of them. Um, <laughs> but you've got four degrees. Do you really need a fifth? Yeah, I just there's more to study. Yeah, but you're you're 58. It might be time to get a <laughs> might be time to get a job. Yeah, but I need to do a master's for my master's and a PhD on my PhD and my PhD and my PhD on my master's on my master's. No, just just go and work somewhere. 
But it's often all based in what you do. What do you want to do with your life? But the bigger question is who do you want to become? Because who you become will always open bigger doors for you than what you can do. Who you become will always open bigger doors for you than what you can do. Jesus calls these first disciples and the Bible says immediately they left their fishing boat, which was their job. They left it and they followed Jesus. If that's me, like I need a job description. If that's me, I need some terms and conditions. I need to speak to HR first, please. I want to see this in writing. But the Bible says they didn't ask any of those questions. They just left the boat, got out and followed Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to make you into someone that you never thought was possible. And as a result of that, you're going to do things you never thought was possible. (laughs) I'm going to make you into someone you never thought you could be. And as I make you into someone you never thought you could be, you're going to do things you never thought you could do. I sometimes wonder, why did Jesus leave it 30 years? Until he became a miracle maker, until he became a teacher, a leader. Like, why did he take 30 years? Like, that's bad time management, considering he died at 33 and rose again. Like, why? Surely he should have taught at 21. He'd have given himself an extra nine years of healings, teaching, miracles. Like, why did he do that? And then you realize and you do some digging and you find out. That the Bible says Joseph was 30 years old when he became a servant or the prime minister to Pharaoh. The Bible says David, King David was 30 years old when he became the king of Israel. That John the Baptist, guess how old he was when he started back? He was 30 years old. Because 30 was the age that was regarded as spiritual maturity in the Judaic culture. So until you hit 30, you were still regarded as spiritually immature. But when you hit 30, it was almost like, that's it. Maturity is here. Which is why my theory, when Jesus turns water into wine, the Bible doesn't say this, so don't take this as truth. (laughs) But when his mum says, come on, Jesus, turn the water into wine, you can do it. And Jesus says, my time has not yet come. (laughs) I think he was 29, 364 days, (laughs) 14 hours. I think the clock... I don't know that. I won't build your life on that, but I just think it could potentially be true because 30 was important. 30 was regarded as that you couldn't be a rabbi until you were 30. You couldn't, it was lawful for scribes to teach at the age of 30. And so if you're 29 in here or you're on your way to 30, guess what? That things are going to (laughs) happen. And I'm kind of, I'm not saying you can't do stuff in your 20s. Of course you can. But I like the Judaic culture, which basically says, take your time to grow. Take your time to grow. 30 years of developing, shaping, learning, and leading. Take your time we want everything now. If I follow you, I want to sort it out now. If I get that opportunity, I want to do it now. I want the promotion now. I want the pay rise now. I want to run the business now. I want, to, I want it now. But 
things of quality and things of maturity take time. And your relationship with God also takes time. You can't microwave discipleship. You can only slow cook it. can't microwave your way to spiritual maturity. It's slow cooked. Sometimes you look like nothing's happening. Look again, nothing's happening. Then you look half an hour late and guess what? It's a few bubbles. And then an hour later, begin to smell something. Rather than whacking it in the microwave and you start smelling something after 30 seconds and you open it up and it's all mangled, plastic's gone everywhere and it's like, no. That is why as a church, we're growing, but we're not rushing. We're growing, but we're not rushing. We're not building a crowd, we want to build disciples. Now, we understand a crowd might come. This would be considered a crowd. And there's not much we can do about the crowd. Jesus fed the crowd. Jesus taught the crowd. Jesus loved the crowd. And so we're not going to turn away the crowd. But being in the crowd might not change your life. But being a disciple will. Being part of the crowd might go, oh, wasn't that good? Yeah, high five. Wasn't that awesome? Woo, woo. But being a disciple of Jesus Christ will change your life. Because when you're a disciple, you've got to commit to growing. And growing looks like changing. Growing looks like changing. And some of us in the room are like God. I change if not. (laughs) Some of you don't like to change. But whatever iOS you are, Whatever Apple software you are, you need to know a new iOS is always coming. They're not stuck on iPhone, whatever it is now, 14. Is that what it is? How many of you know a new 15 is on the way? Yeah, but I like my 14. Yeah, but 15's on the way. Some of you like your iPhone 6. Yeah, but a 15 is on. Like, there's stuff happening. I've shared this before, but my mum still had the original iPhone as her phone. <laughs> And one day she rang me up and says, it's, or another phone, she says, it's not working. I'm like, not surprised. She takes it into the Apple store. All the staff get around like it's some form of dinosaur bone. <laughs> ah, check this out, it's iPhone. People are offering hundreds of pounds for like a crack iPhone because it's, she's like, but it does what I need it to do. Phone and text, that's what I need it to do. But yeah, iOS, Apple have developed more. They've gone further But yet some of us haven't embraced the change. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says we are being transformed from what? Glory to an ever increasing glory. And Jesus prophesies into Peter's future and he says, come and follow me. And you need people who will breathe life into your future. You need people who will breathe life into the making and the shaping of you. Because ultimately we have to be open to change. Change isn't an event. Change is a process. And to change, it requires discipline. And discipline is really the root word of disciple. 
it is really the root of discipleship is the ability to be disciplined in my discipleship, which then makes me a disciple. And one of the reasons we struggle to follow Christ is because we get distracted and we don't have the discipline to follow. But if you can commit to follow Jesus and if you can begin to walk and to choose to walk like he walked, then what happens is you begin to grow. And as you begin to grow, you begin to bear fruit. And as you begin to bear fruit, you begin to impact others. And as you begin to impact others around you, guess what? The kingdom of God advances. But let's trace it all back. It starts with walking how he walked. How do you walk how he walked? You have to be close enough to see how he walks. Listen to what he says, do what he does. As that happens, oh, I'm starting to grow. And as I'm starting to grow, fruit is starting to bear from my life. And as fruit begins to bear from my life, other people get impacted by the fruit that is bearing my life. And before we know it, the kingdom of God advances. Sometimes we wonder why there is no growth in the church or growth in the city or why there's no growth in this aspect because there is no growth in me. Or there is no growth in us. But God, why is there no, like, why, why is this not, why is this not? I'm, disciples create disciples. <laughs> and sometimes we're like, God, what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is often we are not growing in our spiritual maturity. We are not growing as a disciple of Christ. And then we wonder why are we not seeing other people become disciples? Because the growth is within us. Had the disciples not left the boat and followed Jesus, Peter wouldn't have had the impact he had. It was the following of Christ, which was the making of him, which was then the making and the development of others. And some of you think you could never do that. I could never become, I could never step out of the boat and follow Christ. I could never become the disciple he wants me to be. I could never do that. But all of the ingredients of who you can become are in you right now. The, 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 the ingredients were always in Peter of who he could become. But he sure needed someone to bring it out of him. He sure needed to follow Jesus who would draw it out of him. Because if, if he doesn't follow Jesus, guess what? It stays dormant in the boat. And he'll be a fisher of fish. But if you can follow Christ, you'll become a fisher of men. You choose. Do you want to stay in the boat and become a fisher of fish? Or do you want to get out of the boat and become a fisher of men? But if you want to get out of the boat, it means following me. And some of you just need the right environment. Some of you are struggling to grow because you're in the wrong environment. But if you can get in the right environment and the right environment which helps grow your life, you begin to see discipleship begin to emerge. And Jesus created this wonderful environment. It was full of number one relationships. The Bible says Jesus chose the 12 that they might be with him. It wasn't like going ahead of him as like some entourage or like there were times when he sent them. But the majority of the time Jesus was with them. He had time with them. Number two, there was, there was hours and hours, days and days in that three years of time. Three, there was reclining over food where they would just sit back, relax and enjoy food together and enjoy the company of the dinner table. Number four, there was instruction and wisdom. Jesus would tell them how to do things. He would tell them not what to do and how to do it. He would give them wisdom and wisdom. And number five, he would send them out to learn. Go and look what it is to raise the dead. Go look what it is to go and cast out demons. Go and preach the 
the gospel and Jesus they come back and they say it didn't work and Jesus said this is why it didn't work and this is what you're struggling with it was relationship it was time it was reclining at tables it was instruction it was wisdom there was the sending out and as a result of that the disciples began to grow time and time again though guess what they kept making mistakes the disciples failed but actually did they fail or did they learn Did they fail or did they learn? (laughs) Peter would curse. He would swear. Peter would rebuke Jesus. (laughs) Jesus would say, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Peter would chop off ears. Yet the grace of Jesus never expired from his life. Because true discipleship requires grace and truth. It's not easy. If I said now, how many of you want to be a disciple of Jesus? I bet every hand would be, yeah, that's me. (laughs) I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see. Every hand. Why? Because it's easy to put your hand up in the air. But it's not always that easy. Because it says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple, as he's talking to his disciples, (laughs) must deny themselves. And take up their cross and follow me. Jesus is basically saying, you want to be a disciple? That's great. Deny yourself and pick up your cross. Because anyone can tick the Christian box on a census. But not everyone can pick up their cross and follow him. And I want to ask the question today, are we tick box census Christians? Or are we deny ourselves, pick up the cross and follow him, Christians? And some of us might still be tick box, census Christians, and that's okay. As long as today we're making this decision to step out of the boat. And you might not be fully out. You might have like one toe out. But one toe out is better than no toes out. And what I'm encouraging you all today is to take a little step. Because I sense we're entering a time where Jesus is calling us to follow him wholeheartedly. And to do that, I'm going to need Jesus. I'm going to need a local church community. And I'm going to need you. I'm going to need Jesus. I'm going to need a local church community. And I'm going to need you. Because you cannot do this Christian life on your own. As you get isolated, you become a target. Isolated Christians become easy targets. It's no surprise in the book of Acts when the Bible says the church and the Christians were under stress and they were under assault and they were under severe persecution. I don't mean persecution like last Sunday where it was a bit hot in here. (laughs) I don't mean persecution where you can't find your parking space on the Kirkstall Road and you have to park on Burley Road. When they were under severe persecution, no surprise does the book of Acts says every day They met together. Every day they broke bread. Every day they prayed. Every day they gathered. I get it. We go home. We go to work. We want to go home. We don't really want to see each other till next Sunday sometimes. Sometimes you don't want to see anyone. I don't want to see any of the Christians. I don't want to see anyone else in my church next week. That's probably because you're not under the same level of assault as they were in the book of Acts. Because in the book of Acts, they were under assault so much that they were like, I need my brothers. I need my sisters. I need my church community. I need my friends. I need my fellow disciples. We're going to meet 
together and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. It wasn't some program. It wasn't some event. It wasn't some conference. And none of those things are bad, but that is not what disciples people. It was just what they did. This devotion in themselves and with each other to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And guess what? As a result of that, God was powerfully at work amongst them all. And so we're going to help with this as a church, which is why I said this was an important Sunday. We're going to help with this. And part of our commitment as a church is to have discipleship at the forefront of our church. That everywhere you go, you bump into this discipleship stuff, this discipleship stuff, this follow Jesus stuff, this growth stuff, this I'm becoming more like Christ kind of stuff. Everywhere you bump teams, youth, YA, Sundays, wherever, North Group, like you follow it. And so we have our North Groups and our North Groups are our small groups and we encourage everyone, if you are able or if you, to, to be part of a North Group. We think they're really important, really helpful and I realise for different reasons some people can't because of work and distance and time but those of you who are in a North Group and you're in a community in people's homes that meet fortnightly, I'm sure you know the benefit that is to your life. Amen? Amen. We also have our Sundays. Of course we do. What you're doing now, you're listening to the word. We're worshipping together. We are praying together. We're having fellowship and fun. And next week we'll be in the park together. We'll have all of that. We have our Bible school, which is just six weeks of the Bible overview, which has been amazing. And in October, we start the doctrine of God for another five weeks. It's teaching, it's knowledge, it's development, it's growth, it's understanding. We are now launching something new, which is called Discipleship Support where any of you can get support from one person who will help you in the discipleship process and journey and kind of just give you a bit of a, a push start, a bit of fuel, a bit of a conversation as to having a meeting up and say, hey, how can we help you become and get on this journey? And we are offering that to all of you also. And then the other thing we're going to do, which I think is applicable and available to all of us, is we're going to start this thing. And on your seat, you should have a little card. Okay, you should have a little card. And on it, it just says three. Everybody say three. And we've been discussing this, we've been planning this as a team for a while and it might sound simple and it probably, it is simple. It's not super complicated. We're encouraging every single person in this room to get involved in a three. A three is three people. Now it might be, it might be two, it might be four, it might be five, but I think a small number. We're not set on three, but we're just using the word three. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I am. Okay? Even Jesus, who did he have? He had his 12, but he also had, you know, James and John, the closeness of that three. We're encouraging everyone to get involved in a three. We shared this at Vision Night a few weeks ago, but it's the first time we're sharing this on a Sunday. Guys, we want to get you into a guy with, we want you to get into a three with guys and girls. We think it's good for you to get into a three with girls. And we're not going to monitor this. We're not going like, to own this and check, check up on you. But we're encouraging you to get into a three. And as you three, we want you to have intentional desire to grow in your fellowship of Christ. It's not just a three to talk, to chat up about keeping up with the Kardashians. It's not just your three to chat about, you know, latest football results or, you know, the cricket score. That might be a part of it at some point. <laughs> at the end but the three is about honesty encouragement 
and prayer. Honesty, encouragement and prayer. It might be a WhatsApp group. It might be a walking group. You might just meet up. We're not putting rules on this thing. But find your three that can help you walk with the wise on your discipleship journey. Some of you might be in multiple threes. Because some of you might already be in a three and someone comes to you and says, can you be in my three? And you're like, I'm already in a three. You have a choice to make. Do you want to be in another three? Or do you like, no, I'm actually already in a three. I'm going to stick in this three if that's all right. Let's not, let's not fall out. <laughs> if someone can't be in your three because I'm already in a three and you've got someone in 33 threes. No, just take it easy, relax. We're not, we're not trying to govern this thing. But we're trying to encourage you to take steps. Why? Because people need people. Discipleship dies without relationship. And I get why some of you might be hesitant. Well, I'm not sure I want to get that close with you guys. I'm not sure I want to open. I'm not sure I want to be that honest about my struggles. I'm not sure I really want to do that. I'm not sure I really want to. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I really, that's me. It's not really my personality type. It's not really like who I am. I, I get that. But kingdom looks like friendship. And kingdom looks like honesty, encouragement and prayer. And it doesn't necessarily have to be three from this church. It might be three from other places and it might, you might not meet all the time. But three, pe- two, three people where you can trust, love, grow in your walk with God. Because Jesus and the 12, how many of you know he poured into them? Let's pour our lives into each other. Because in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus calls this guy Peter out and he says, Come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Acts chapter 2, this same guy, Peter, the Bible says, stands up, raises his voice and preaches a message that was so powerful that 3,000 people got saved. It says about 3,000. They ran out of cards, you know, to record it. <laughs> and baptised. From Matthew 4 to Acts chapter 2, discipleship, growth, change. Because Peter could not have done what he did in Acts chapter 2 if he had not first got out of the boat in Matthew chapter 4. Discipleship matters because there is breakthrough for you and there is breakthrough for others on the other side of your decision to be a disciple. So today Jesus is calling you. And so let's get out of the boat and follow him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet.